Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant, and today's podcast will feature the 2015 High Tech Prayer Breakfast in the D.C. metro area, where Bill Frayne was the speaker. Good morning. I am. Uh, I would never have come to this breakfast. You wouldn't have seen me here. I'd have been the guy going. My buddy Paul here invited me. I'd have been the guy saying, "Yeah, sure, I'll be there. Save a seat for me." And I'd have been too busy. I wouldn't have been here. I wouldn't have come. So you. Everybody in this room is so far ahead of where I would have been. This just wasn't important to me. It wasn't something I needed to, uh, needed to worry about. I'm going to tell you how I went from that and how that all changed to what's going on today. It was a complete accident. I call myself a ricochet save. My wife was going through some things. She was seeking Christ, and I was in her orbit. So I got caught up in it. And even then, I fought it. Even then, I was like, are you crazy? Do you know how much this is going to mess everything up? Um, and it's changed everything. And I want to I start off, I always try to start off at the beginning of my, my talks in anything I do, telling you exactly what I'm trying to tell you. Because then if I screw everything else up, you know exactly what I was trying to tell you, right? <laughs> All right, listen. So here's what I learned. And I'll tell, you, I'll tell you about me in a minute. But here's what I learned. I learned that God is real, that this was never meant to be this way. Our lives were never meant to be this way. He built paradise. He walked with us in the garden. That was supposed to be our life. No death, no illness, no worry, none of it. It was not supposed to exist. And then Adam and Eve banked it away and lost it. They bet it away and we were put under slavery, under bondage. And there was no way out. There was no way out. Because I, even if I'm the most righteous man in the world, if you understand bondage, if I'm the most righteous man in the world and I accomplish everything in the world, and I am the richest, most powerful man in the world, if I'm owned, if I'm under bondage, if I'm a slave, the owner owns it all. I don't own it. They just go, hey, thanks, Bill. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate it. They own it. So there had to be a way to get out of that. There had to be a way, and God didn't want to leave us. He didn't want to leave us. He wanted to be in the garden with us. He wanted to be with us. He missed us. I have two of my beautiful daughters here, Hannah and Kayla, my twins. They are my heart. They are my life. I would die for them tomorrow. And I'm not even close to what God would do for us. I'm not even close. I can't imagine that kind of love. He wanted us back, so he took his most beloved son and sacrificed him. And I have a brother who's not a believer who I love very much, Jim the Knucklehead. Um, <laughs> but he always tells me, Bill, why would I want to believe in a God who tells me I have to believe in him or I won't be saved? Why is he threatening me? He's not threatening you. You're already dead. You're in bondage. You're a slave. What he's saying is, hey, I died so there's a way out. I died so there's a way out. And one last thing I want to tell you, because I didn't know this. I didn't, this didn't click to me. I never understood the virgin birth. And you'll see my background in a minute. Never understood it. Didn't get it. Yeah. Very simple. If somebody under bondage has a child, the child's under bondage. There had to be a new way. Jesus had to be born of God because that's a new lineage. All we have to do is say, I believe that. That's all it is. That's the rule. God has rules. God is immutable. Can't lie and can't break his own rules. So if we want to get out from underneath this rule, we have to buy into the new rule. Not because he's not saying, ha-ha, if you don't. He's saying, I got a lifeboat. If you want to get in, the Titanic's going down. If you don't, hey, hang on the Titanic. So I just want to make sure if I don't learn, you don't learn anything else from me today, remember that. Remember that. Um, so I, I grew up, let me, uh, and, and I wanted to make a point here that Grace, we hear the word grace all the time. It is the free and unmerited favor of God. It means for no reason at all he loves you. 
He loves you, he loves you, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. Today is all about you. You're here for a reason. I always say, before the earth was cooled, God planned this. The way I got here, Paul Edelman. You know, I knew Paul. I joined a company called Commerce One. First call I got from Paul, hey, Bill, I'm quitting. They're like, what? So I talked Paul into staying. I was a brand new Christian all like four months along. Talked Paul into staying. 9-11 happened, like right away. He and I were traveling together. Paul's like, I ain't ever traveling again. And I said, Paul, if the Lord wants to take you, you'll be standing at a urinal. Believe me, he doesn't need an airplane. Uh, it ain't a big deal. You're not, you're not hiding out anywhere. And we talked and we talked and we went through it. And Paul had the same skepticism I had. Paul's a deep thinker. So Paul's like, yeah, that's all crazy. Um, and we talked about what I'm going to tell you in a minute about being saved in the prayer of Jabez, which I understand started some of this conversation here, which is kind of cool how the Lord is. Um, and Paul went home that night and his wife was sitting on the bed reading the prayer of Jabez. And that's what the Lord does. And I can tell you, being here now, being there, and not interested in this at all, fighting it all my life, not to be part of this, I can see every single point. Hindsight's so perfect when you look backwards with God. Every single point we put people around me that made that happen. If you think of the things that had to happen to get me here, born of Frank and Lorraine, if you think of the things that had to happen to get me here, to get me at this point, to get you here at this point, all the little pieces that could have not got you here, that's how important you are to him. He brought you here. He brought you here. He wouldn't let that happen. And I will make the time, by the way, Carl. I will make the time. It told me I had to make the time. And then the first guy gets up and goes, you know, speaking's the scariest thing in the world. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. That's why I brought my daughters and my wife. I think I got three people who will clap for me at the end. Um, and, I, and I'm iffy on the twins. Their whole thing will be, hey, Dad, remember that time you bombed really bad in Virginia? Um, so listen, I want to make a point. I'm going to talk about me a lot. I don't matter at all. I'm just a lump of clay. And the point I want to make is the vessel's not impressed with what the maker designed it to be. If the, if the potter made me into a big water jug, I wouldn't really be standing up here going, man, look how I hold water. <laughs> I am so good at this. So there's nothing about me in what I'm talking about. I'm just telling you my life. I hope, Tucker, you see me in your life and you understand how much God loves you. That's all I care about. I want you to see that somebody who not, knew nothing about God, who could care less about God, who ignored God every single time, and I had no reason to. I call them the Billy years. If you, grew, if you know Boston, I grew up in Boston, if you can't tell, and by the way, I'm not even gonna try to slow down. That's, I'd be lying to you. Um, I grew up in Boston, one of nine kids. Everything we did was a fist fight. But, um, but in Boston, if you know Boston, there's a whole bunch of things y'all make fun of, right? I also spent, by the way, the, more than half my life in Memphis. I'm gonna say a lot of y'alls and all y'all. You're gonna go, Boston guy? That's just the way it goes. Um, so I grew up in Boston, uh, one of nine, Catholic through and through. My mom and dad are the best Christians I've ever met in my life. Don't ever get caught up in Catholicism or baptism, Baptists or anything. It's a bunch of junk. What's important is whether you know Jesus or not. That's all that matters. It's all that matters. The Bible says, Paul says it, whether I follow Apollos or I follow Paul, it doesn't matter. It's all built on Jesus Christ. My mom and dad are two of the strongest Christians I've ever met in my life. They decided to have children, a lot of them, which was a good thing they decided to do that because they had a lot of them. I'm glad because I'm number seven. If they cut it off at five, I wouldn't be here. Um, but, uh, but I had, I had church all around me. I had church all around me. There was not a single time in my life. There wasn't a father or a sister or somebody in my house, right? Aunts who were nuns, cousins who were priests. My mom was always like, I hope one of my boys will be a priest. It's like, my, you got no chance. Um, but, but I was surrounded by it. 
So my mom prays for everything. What do we do, girls? We pray for everything. They will, they're the first ones. Dad, they hear a siren. Dad, we got to pray. Dad, we got to pray. When I was first saved, I called my mom. You're like, I'm telling her something, right? Mom, let me tell you about Jesus. She's like, Billy. And I said, my favorite Psalm, it's Psalm 91. She goes, what do you think I prayed every night you kids went out? When I heard a siren, I prayed Psalm 91. Then I knew you were fine. And then I prayed it again for who's ever in the ambulance. So my point is, that was my life. I never got it. I went to Catholic, high, Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school. And unlike the MBA, I was smart enough after high school. I just went to work, man. I didn't need college. Yeah, I look at that now, I'm like, what an idiot. Um, uh, I did get to make it into Fortune magazine. Me and, me and uh, uh, Bill Gates, they wrote an article about entrepreneurs who, who found their way through. I thought it was pretty cool. I don't have any of Bill's money, but pretty cool. Um, so my life went on. You know, I worked, joined the FedEx. We talked about washing trucks. Uh, God blessed me all through that, brought me along. I had no idea what he was doing. I just was me, man. Me. I did it all. It was my power, my strength, my might. I didn't know he had a plan for me later. So I did it all myself. And to do it all myself, I was what you would call, I think in, in the common vernacular, an idiot. Um, I was a hard-charging guy from Boston. You know those guys, right? My boss calls them, my boss was in Brooklyn, calls it Boston bravado. I mean, I walk into a room, I own the room. It's just who I am. It's just what I do. Um, so it was really hard for me to, to find the Lord, really hard for me to listen, because I, I was very successful. I mean, I, everything I did, they promoted me and promoted me and promoted me. I went from from Boston to, to, to Lincoln, Nebraska, opened up all the big rectangular states, Cincinnati, uh, 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 Chicago, getting promoted all the way, London, England, ran Europe for the company. Um, couldn't do better, couldn't be better, didn't need anything in my life. Blew up my marriage, got divorced, uh, didn't pay attention to anything other than me, um, and, and, and uh, broke my daughter's hearts, my older daughter Chelsea and Madison broke their hearts. And, and, and even though I knew, much like Katie said, even though I knew things weren't right, I can compartmentalize things. That's what I'm really good at. So that part of my life was over here. I'm working all the time. I'm kidding me, I'm busy. I was packing a bag on Friday night, unpacking on Friday night, packing it on Sunday night. I was working. You know, my daughters were okay. I saw them on weekends, they were cool. My wife was good, I took care of her financially. What, are you kidding me? I'm... People always said, Bill, it's amazing how great you handled that divorce. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was an idiot. But I didn't pay attention to any of that. It wasn't important to me. So then I went into meeting Jesus. So life went along. I'm in Memphis uh, working, running all over the place, seeing my daughters, seeing my wife was gone for a few years. And again, I knew it wasn't right. And I knew that, that, that somewhere along the line, there's going to be a wrecking I had to deal with, right? I wasn't stupid, but I just was too busy to worry about it. I, I would just jump back into work more. I would jump back into work more. I'd be busy. I'd be busy. I was always producing, giving my daughters everything. Oop, first 10 minutes. See, that, these are my girls. Thank you. So then I, I met Dawn. My wife, who's my strength, my power, everything. Um, I met Dawn, and the Lord knew I needed somebody who would break into my blockhead. So I'm so crazy about Dawn. Dawn is so detailed about everything that she's the person I listen to most on anything. If Dawn tells me a fact, you have to know Dawn. If you know Dawn, you'll get it. It's a fact. Right? Dawn doesn't do a pinch of salt. doesn't make sense to her. So everything is very, very fact. Uh, was an was a, uh, engineer at FedEx. So we met. I came together, she brought my whole family back together. And my ex-wife Roberta and I and her husband and Don are all great friends now. All great friends, our family's very close. And my oldest daughter Chelsea always says, when I first saved, I was all over them because I realized how stupid I was. I never taught my kids anything my parents taught me. And she was like, Dad, I don't want to hear about all this. I prayed every day that you wouldn't break up with mom and you did. That breaks my heart. But anyways, so um, Don brought us all back together. 
John loved my daughter so much. And my wife came, my ex-wife came to me and said, Bill, how can I not love somebody who loves our daughters like that? So we became close. We became great. As I said to Chelsea, I said, Chelsea, God heard you. Who was the photographer at your mom's wedding? Don was. So he brought our family back together. He just does it his way. He, can't, he won't fix stupid things we do, but he fixes, he fixes, it, fixes it his way. Um, so we came back together. We got together. And Don and I wanted to expand our family and have, have kids. And we uh, worked at it hard, tried everything. And finally, Don got pregnant. It was amazing. We were going to have Charleston Geronimo Frain. We named her that because it was such a crazy challenge getting, getting pregnant. We figured Charleston Geronimo was a strong enough name. Um, and then we were told that Charleston would be born and then would, would not make it. Uh, and that was a, a pretty big deal for us. And uh, I remember going to, and we also found out we couldn't have children together. And I remember going, driving to the hospital, getting ready to give birth to, to Charleston, saying for the first time, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make this woman happy anymore. I don't know what to do. Dawn is not somebody who fails at things. Dawn is somebody who plans, directs, follows. I don't have an answer. And that was, didn't make any big change over me. It just, but I said it and I asked it, asked it. What I didn't know was behind the scenes, of course, my ex-wife had been witnessing to Don, is now a Christian, but witnessing to Don all the time. And Don does what a lot of us do, right? Got the books, heard the prayer, put it in a, put it in a, oh, thank you very much, that's nice, thank you. And took the book and put it in a drawer. Well, Dawn started searching. She wanted to know. Dawn had no faith in her life growing up. She wanted to know, is there really something else out there? Because this isn't going to work for me. I, if I can't have babies and I can't, this isn't going to work for me. I don't understand what's going on in my life. And uh, she started reading the prayer of Jabez. And you have to know Dawn very detailed. If you tell Dawn something, Dawn will do it exactly. Right? Um, so she read the prayer of Jabez. And in there, it made the challenge. If you really want to know Jesus, in, in Jeremiah it says, when you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found. And I'll tell everybody in this room, for those who say, yeah, this is all great. I'm going to leave here and go back to work. And you've been here many times to the breakfast, but never caught on to what we're talking about. Just going to seek him with all your heart. When you seek Jesus with all your heart, he will be found. So Don did that. Said the prayer 30 days. Said the prayer 30 days. The 30th day came up, and uh, we were in Seaside in Florida. If you've been to Seaside, Florida, very cool place. If you saw the Truman Show, it's where it was filmed. Um, we're at uh, Bud Alley's, a little bar up above Button Alley's about midnight, one o'clock, hanging out. Dawn had forgotten to say the prayer that day. So she went downstairs to say the prayer. You have to leave to go to the ladies' room. She went downstairs. Now, I didn't know any of this. I would have stopped this. I'd have been, honey, 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 honey. We don't need any of this mumbo jumbo. We're good. You know, we'll get through it like we do everything else. We'll be good. Um, so Dawn went down to say the prayer. Well, she goes down. This really pretty girl comes in, sits down next to me. She wasn't that pretty, honey. Um, <laughs> sits down next to me. And starts talking to me. I was like, no, this isn't going to happen. I'm not going to have my wife come back up here and I'm talking to this, this girl. So I moved a seat away. And I think there were probably only four of us in the bar. I think maybe five. It was late. Uh, the bartender, Blake, who we knew, uh, myself and Dawn, and now this young lady. So Dawn came back, sat down next to Patty. We call Patty the angel. And I don't know any of this. So I'm going to tell you something and I'll come back to it. I don't know any of this. I don't know about Dawn's story. I don't know about her reading the book. I don't know what my ex-wife was telling her. And Patty turns to her and says... I don't drink and I don't go into bars. But I was driving by and, and Jesus said I had to come in and talk to somebody. So Dawn was done. Dawn was saved. Dawn was done. Dawn was seeking Jesus with all her heart. And you got to know my wife, but with all her heart. How she is with these girls, with all her heart. She homeschools these girls. She just loves on these girls. These girls love Jesus because of my wife. She does everything with all her heart. And she sought the Lord and the Lord came to her in a bar and Seaside, Florida. And she knew. And I'll tell you, I know you hear that and you go, well, my brother Jim again. Bill, I just never needed that crutch. 
<laughs> you need a couple of crutches. But anyways, um, but, but the point is, it's not a crutch. It, it, it's what Katie said about the Holy Spirit. What happens to you when you get it, the Bible calls, I always say this wrong, I pronounce it wrong, gnostos, knowledge, know, to know. When you know, when you know that Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit enters your body. You know. I know that Jesus is real. He's rising up in me right now like I know my name's Bill. You could argue with me all day about my name not being Bill. You'd be wrong, right? You can argue with me all day about Jesus not being real. You're wrong. It's like my brother Jim again looks at the stars with me and goes, he's always trying to convert me. And I'll say, Bill, now you look at all those stars. I mean, you think about carbon dating. And he goes, this whole big story with me. And I go, Jim, when I look at the stars, I think, God numbered them and put them all where they are. And he made this beautiful sky for me. That's all I see. Because I know. It's like starting out on a compass, going to the same point and being a tenth of a degree off. You're going to end up miles away. So my point for this is, Don got saved. Now, you know me, I'm the calm, casual guy. Blake even said to me about, uh, hey, you want me to get rid of this girl? She's witnessing your wife about Jesus. No, she's okay. Don seems to be enjoying it. Um, so I don't know any of the story I'm telling you. So I walk downstairs, we go outside, and now Patty won't leave us alone. So now I'm getting annoyed, and you have to know me, I get annoyed easily. Now I'm getting annoyed. Um, and finally, about, you know, two, three points where I'm going, honey, we got to go. I mean, my older daughters were old enough, but they were back at the house, and I wanted to get back to the house. And Patty finally says to me, she gets sick and tired of me, finally says, don't you worry about anything? And I said, yeah, my daughter's back at the house. We got to go. She said, well, you need to read Psalm 91. I said, yeah, okay, thanks. Um, so we walked away. Now Dawn's telling me the story. So now I'm hearing the story. We're walking back to the house, about a five, 10-minute walk, and I'm hearing Dawn's story. She's telling me the whole thing. And again, you have to know our relationship. Dawn's only facts. So she's telling me the story. Don't ever take directions, but she's only facts. Um, she's telling me the whole story, taking me to what it is, and I know. I mean, I know this woman is, this isn't, this isn't a question mark in her mind. She's telling me thing. And I'm thinking that's pretty wild. I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm thinking it's pretty wild for Dawn to be telling me this and her to be doing this behind my back. Um, but I got back to the, 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 the home, and of course, there's always the Lord is. I'm telling you, when you look backwards with the Lord, it's, he's, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Everywhere. I didn't tell you this at FedEx. When I, was, when I got promoted at FedEx to the senior executive, every senior executive except me, Fred, and one other were Christians. They prayed for everything. I thought they were all nuts. Hey, Bill, want to go to lunch? Are you going to pray? Yes. No, I'm good. Um, uh, they prayed for business plans. They prayed for success in this. And I'm like, what a bunch of dopes. Yet FedEx went from when I started there, a $60 million company to when I left, a $32 billion company, so might have worked. Um, but they also prayed for me. I never knew this. Prayed for me all the time. Prayed for me all the time. Don't ever quit on praying for people. Don't ever quit on praying for people. I don't care how stupid they look, how much they ignore you, how much they tell you to stop doing it. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. Don't, it works. Don't ever quit. Don't ever quit. Nothing more powerful than, than the prayers of a fervent man or woman. Don't ever quit. So they prayed for me all this time. Prayed for me all this time. Prayed for me all this time. Never knew all that. So I get home, get, go to get in bed. Of course, there's a Bible next to the bed that's never been there. I don't remember, but sitting right next to the bed. I open it up. I'm still ticked off. Yeah, Psalm 91, sure. Don't ask. Whoop. I may need that later. Um, it's just a cap to this thing. I'll hold the batteries in. Uh, so I get there. I open up Psalm 91. I start reading. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, my rock, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I knew instantly. I knew. I went from not knowing to knowing. I just knew. I can't explain it to you. I never said the prayer of salvation. I never asked him to do it. 
I just knew Jesus was Jesus. It just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember sitting there going, how'd I miss this? I mean, I've seen this book a thousand times. I've been to church most of my life. How did I miss this? How could this have happened? How could this have happened? How could I have gotten here? The next day we woke up and Dawn just looked at me. She goes, how have we been so blind? Now, we had so far to go, so much to learn. We knew nothing, but we knew Jesus. And we knew he was real and we knew he was in our heart. And that's changed everything in my life. That was 14 years ago. That's changed everything in my life, every single thing in my life. I've made friends, I've lost friends. Um, but I told the Lord then, I said, look, I've been, I've been ignoring you all my life. I will never do it again. I will spend my entire life on you. Put me wherever you want to put me. Careful with that one. <laughs> Careful with that one. Because then came this, learning faith. So, thank you. So then came, then came learning faith. I lost everything. Whole bunch of stories why and where. We lost everything. I couldn't get a job working at 7-Eleven. I couldn't get a job working at Firestone. And I'm not saying that like, I couldn't get a job working at 7-Eleven. I couldn't get a job anywhere. Couldn't get anything. Um, we owned a lot of property. We were investing in property, doing a lot in Florida. That worked really good in like 2007, 2008. Um, so, you know, we were at the point we were living in Don's mom's house. Yeah, that felt going from being a millionaire, taking care of her daughter, having everything I ever wanted, traveling everywhere, Ferraris, yachts, everything, to living in her, my mother-in-law's house. Uh, and she was dynamite. Jan is a saint. She's dynamite. She put up with us, put up with us. We finally decided that wasn't a place to be after a year. And we're down to our last five grand. And I've got two little girls I got to take care of. And I am praying. And when I say praying, I'm like, what are you doing to me? What the heck? This was not the plan, right? I get hooked up with you and everything falls apart. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he was getting a big kick out of that, but, but I was. And I went to, went to Naples. My brother Mike lived in Naples. And the cool part, again, the cool part of the Lord is, I know Mike will be saved. I know he will be. I don't even question it. Because I spent too much time with Mike. Not because I'm so cool, because the Holy Spirit can't live somewhere you're not touched. We were there. And I remember Mike, after the, after the uh, Firestone failure, <laughs> I came back. He goes, man, what are you going to do? And I said, Mike, I'm not worried. The Lord has this. And I really didn't mean it kind of when I said it but it came through me and then I meant it. He made me say it. One of those words just came into my head. I said, Mike, I got this. And I decided then, I had been walking, my brother lived on a street that's a mile long and then a mile long. I was walking two miles up and back like hours. I had nothing else to do. Um, praying. And I was praying for me. Lord, what are you doing to me? I can't believe this. I got all these skills. I got all this stuff. That's all I was doing for days and days and weeks and weeks and praying. And then finally hit me one day. It just, as Katie said, I got this bill. Every word in my Bible is true. And if every word in the Bible is true, right? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I know the plans I have for you, plans for success. And not, they're all true. I, and I knew them all, but I wasn't paying attention to them that way because I was focused on moi. Right? I was focused on my problems. And I stopped and I looked around and the streets I've been walking up and down on were mostly foreclosed homes in Naples. It just hit me. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm done. You got me. I'm praying for all these people in these homes. And I just would walk up and down the street praying over all the homes there. I don't, people weren't in them anymore. I didn't know where they were. I just knew they were like me. So I was praying over them. So I came home. 
uh, one day, I uh, got a call from a guy, FedEx, years ago, back in Chicago. This is back in 80, 84, 85. John Demos calls me out of nowhere. Hey, Bill, I'm just sitting here with Steve Kevin. We're talking about what a great guy you were to work for. Man, you're one of the top guys ever. We love working for you. Hey, how you doing? I said, oh, yeah, I'm doing okay. And he said, uh, yeah, yeah. And I said, what do you, I said, well, I'm looking for work. I'm looking at goes, well, we have some jobs, but probably nothing that you'd be interested in. I said, you know, John, you'd be surprised what I'm interested in right now. <laughs> so I joined Aramark as a, as a, as a, uh, as a um, general manager of, of the um, group in Long Island. Uh, it's their, their uniform division. So basically, I was a laundry guy. I sent out trucks, picked up all the dirty clothes, brought them back, laundered them, sent them back out again. It was a job, and I didn't give a heck. Um, and uh, and uh, did it well, and the Lord put favor on me, and I moved up in Aramark. Got a call for the company I'm at now, uh, New Breed, and now purchased XPO. Uh, went to work for a CEO who, who everybody said, this guy, you know, doesn't do this, doesn't do that, doesn't do this. I'm his best friend. He loves me. We do everything. I do everything. I get promoted. There's never been a COO in the company. There's a COO in the company. The Lord puts favor on you. He brings you back. But he did it for a reason. He did it because this day is all about you. He did it because he wanted me to stand here and tell you something so you know it. Right? Because there's two kinds of people in those, this world, right? In this room. Those that are worried about something and they're afraid of it and don't understand it and those who are about to be. That's about it. Right? Paris last week. This week, right? Paris. I mean, 100 plus people don't exist anymore. You know what I think on those things? This is the difference in knowing the Lord, not knowing the Lord. My first thought is, oh, I wish I could have talked to him. I wish I could have told him. Because they're all, they all know, here's what they all know right now. They all know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They all know that in the beginning was the Word. When they say this, by the way, the word in this means Jesus. Trans, tra transplant Jesus, you'll get it. Remember, let there be light, let there be earth, let there be bugs, let there be birds. That word, spoken word was Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He, the word, was in the beginning with God, and all that was created was created through him, and nothing that was created was created without him. The second thing the Bible tells you is there's only two spirits in the world. Forget all the religions, forget all the faiths, forget everything. Only two spirits. Those that admit that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and everything else which is of Satan. That's all there is. There's only two things. This is not about us. It is. This is about God. He created it. He put it all together. He did it for you personally. And then he created everything else in the world and he made me, you lucky people, to come here and tell you what I'm telling you today. And that is... I love you. I want you with me. I want to, there should be no fear in this room. No, anybody who knows Jesus should have no fear. And again, it doesn't mean if you have fear, you're bad. You should have no fear. Why? What does he tell you? I will be with you always. Right? I will take you through the fire. Why do you think he gives us stories about David and Goliath, a 14-year-old kid with a rock and a sling against a giant that's the height of this ceiling? Why do you think he tells you that? To make sure you know you can, he can overcome anything you need. That's why he does that. And that's why he did what he did with me. Because I can stand here and tell you that with Jesus, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible. And his meaning for you is not just, is not just to, to know you a little bit, but reaching across time. I love this picture. I just finished reading a book about God's closer than you think. And I know, girls, he has no pants on. Um, God is reaching across time. That's Adam and the Lord. And God is reaching across time with everything he can do. And Adam's just kind of sitting back like this, right? 
All he has to do is lift a finger when he touches God. That's how it is for all of us. All we have to do is want to know him and you will know God. It's that simple. He's not going to make it hard for you. He doesn't have a lot of tests. Want to know me? You'll know me. If you don't want to know me, I don't care what I tell you. Miracles don't create faith. Jesus performed miracles all through the Bible. He got stoned many times, right? They tried to kill him and get him. Doesn't create faith. Faith creates miracles. I can tell you I see miracles every day. Why? Because I know they're miracles. I know what they are. I see them. I know what they are. Uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This doesn't mean be afraid. Fear of the Lord means, Jesus says in, in, a, in a John, where he says, I am the vine. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's fear of the Lord, right? I run a very high-tech company. Everything we do runs on technology. If our, any of our technology goes down every, anywhere, I get a, a page, a text, and it's critical because the entire 787, for example, comes through my building. So the entire airframe comes to me in parts in Charleston and in Everett. And we created the entire supply chain that makes them be able to go from 10 to 12 to 15 airplanes a month. So we feed the line. We especially, it all runs on technology. That system goes down, I know what fear means. Because Boeing's going to miss a plane and you're going to see the GDP this, month, this year was down because uh, Bill's company didn't get planes put out on time. Um, and Boeing's a very, very quiet company. They never get upset. Um, all I'm getting at is that's knowing that's the same thing here. God controls everything. He built it. He owns it. It was created by Jesus. It exists in Jesus. It finds its place in Jesus. And if you don't know him and you don't know that, then you have no control over anything in your life. If you know that, you have control over everything in your life because he does and he gives it to you. So no fear. He says, I came that they may enjoy life and have it abundantly. It's not just about getting to heaven. I, can, I will tell you this, and I, I mean this all my heart. I know it's like, oh, it's so easy of him to say. I love these girls. I have my older daughter, Madison, who lives in Manhattan, and Chelsea, who lives in Memphis. I love them all. My biggest worry in life prior to being saved was their safety. It still is, but their safety. Now, if they were gone tomorrow, if something happened to them, I'm fine. Now, I'll be heartbroken, don't get me wrong, but I know exactly where they are. They're sitting at the feet of Jesus. From the second they leave this earth, they're at the feet of Jesus. Why would I not want to give I want to give them everything in life. Why would I not want to give them that? Why would I be mad at that? Why would I be, I would be sad. I would miss them. But I know, and to them in a split second, and to me in the rest of my life, we're going to be together again. I know that. That's a fact to me. That's not a question. What, do I feel? what else could anybody do to me? I have no fear. I'm going to lose my job. Been there. Lose all my money. Done it. You know? It's not complicated. As a friend of mine always said, well, I grew up, uh, my, my life, my background is more like Goodwill Hunting, if you saw the movie. That's kind of my neighborhood in Boston. And he said, man, I've done poor. It's easy. Um, so listen. So the thing that amazes me, there's a bunch of things in the Bible. People always hear me say, my favorite scripture, my favorite scripture is like the entire Bible, but my favorite scripture is always whatever I'm talking about. This blew me away when I read it. So here's what this comes from. Jesus is standing in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, remember, Jesus knows everything, right? So he knows the whooping he's about to take. Right? I've been in fights and I've got my butt kicked. I didn't know what was happening until the guy hit me in the head. Um, but Jesus knew this was coming. He knew the beating. He knew everything about it. He never had to take it. And there's two things in the Bible uh, that hit me in this. Right before this, they come to Jesus and they say, he says, who are you searching for? And they say, the Roman guards say, Jesus. And he goes, I am he. Well, of course, I am, if you understand the Bible, is the word for God. And the Bible says, and they all fell back to the ground. The point it's making is, 
he didn't have to let them do anything. He never let them do anything. He would have stopped them. He let them do it. That's when they said again, he said again, whom are you seeking? And he said, Jesus Christ. And he said, let's go. He let him take him. He didn't have to. Second thing is, so right before all that, he's standing with, he's with all the apostles in the garden and he's, and he's praying. And the first thing he says is, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son. So Jesus died on the cross to glorify, glorify himself, his father, in, in, in his death. He says, for you granted me the authority over all the people that they might have eternal life and have it given to them. Now, this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ who you sent. So the first, last thing he did before he left was pray for us to know him. The next thing he did was pray for us specifically. My prayer is not for them alone. He's talking about the apostles. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all may be one. Father, just as you were in me, I was in you before time began, we were together. May they also be in us, so the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that we may be brought together in complete unity. That's what God is after. That's what he's after. That is a complete peace that surpasses all peace. And that is the knowledge. In Hebrews 1, it says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for but not yet seen. What it means is faith is knowing that this is all true. That's what it means. It is all true. Again, you can walk out here. I talked to somebody today. Go Patriots. Uh, you got, got to understand, we love you hating us. Um, love it. Love it. How about those guys? Anyways. I talked to somebody here today, and I actually talked to a few people here today, and, and in a couple of cases, it was, oh, yeah, I've been coming here for three or four years. And I said, so you know the Lord? Hey, I'm not there. You know, I get it. That would have been me. Kidding me? I'd have had breakfast, would have told you how I liked about it, but I never would. I would have walked out of here the minute it was over. I would have already, right now, I've already been thinking about what I was doing at my desk. I've already been thinking about my work. Um, but I got to tell you, it makes a big difference when you know the Lord. It just makes a big difference. It's, you decide what you want to do. It's all your choice. It's free will. It's what you want to do. I'm just telling you that, you know, as, as uh, David says, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I had everything. I did everything. And don't get me wrong. I had fun. I had a blast. I wasn't living a miserable life. But I knew it wasn't all there together. And my life was falling apart in pieces. I had nothing and I was saved and I was fine. I have more now and I'm still fine but I know the Lord and I know where all my answers come from and I know everything goes, so I have no worries. I have no fear. Anything that strikes me or hits me or any challenge we have facing us, we pray. We get together and pray. We give it to God. I just walk away, Lord, I can't handle this. I'm done with it. It's yours and I move on to the next thing. So I want you to know this. And for those of you who want to say it along with me, I would say this. This is called the prayer of salvation. This is all it takes to be saved. All it takes to know Jesus. It's very simple. And listen, you could say this all day long. I went to uh, Catholic church all my life. Great Christians in the church, Catholic church. I went there all my life. I was prayed over and loved over by people. I never got it. You know why? I don't want to. I wasn't focused on this. I was focused on my own life. But I'm going to tell you, Father, I know that I've broken your laws and have sinned and separated me from you. I'm sure there's plenty of people in here who never do that. Um, please forgive me and believe, I believe that you're my, you're, you, your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins was resurrected from the dead, is alive, and hears my prayer. I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, I pray. It's that simple. That simple. It's what, it's what Don went through. Want to know him? Believe you're going to know him? You'll know him. And I will say to everybody in the room, if you can't, don't remember this, you can look it up anywhere, go online, put in prayer of salvation, it's there. But 
You don't have to. I never said it. I never said it before I was saved. I was saved. If he wants to take you, he will, but you need to, you need to play your part. And the cool part is when we're saved, all heaven rejoices. There is an entire army legion of angels. There's an entire other side of the universe that is in Christ that is waiting on you. But they can't touch you until you want to change from what you want to change over. They can't. You're under a different master. They have to follow the laws. So they can want to help you, but they can't touch you until you want to cry out and be part of this kingdom versus this kingdom. Once you want to do that, they'll be all over you. Again, somebody who would never believe this, somebody who would never come to dinner, somebody who would have never been here, um, and now I can't stop talking about it. It's my entire life. Everybody knows me for that. I'm still the same guy at work. They call me the frame train. I go through everything. I'm very hard charging. None of that changes. You don't have to give up all the things you are. I just probably yell a little less, huh, girls? Thank you. Listen, God bless. I'm glad you came today. I hope something I had made sense to you. I hope this prayer breakfast changes your life like it changed my life. I hope that Jesus comes over you, and I hope, pray that grace and mercy of God flows in your life always. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of Faith at Work. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Carl Grant. Please follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Faith at Work Radio. And for more information on the High Tech Prayer Breakfast, please visit www.hightechprayerbreakfast.org. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant. 